this place, oh God. Father, we come here to meet you again, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you are one of a kind and your love is one of a kind. And we recognize that we are nothing without you, Jesus. So we are here seeking your face, oh God. Seeking your face once again. There is nothing else that we want more than you, oh God, in our lives. Less of us and more of you, oh God. Less of us and more of you, God. We worship you, King. We worship you, Jesus.
Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago that the glory you had given him we would somehow come to know. So make us one accord. and righteousness you desire the world to see in your glory in all 
one of the great American success stories. A builder who left his mark on skylines around the world. A businessman with an extraordinary ability to communicate directly with the American people. A leader who grew tired of politicians, leading our country down a road to ruin. He didn't do it for money or power or fame. He had all that. He did it because of his love for our great country. And we will make America great again. Donald J. Trump beat the odds, smashed the establishment, and won the presidency for the American people. Donald Trump has defeated Hillary Clinton to become president-elect. Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. It has been a stunning night. It has been a historic night. Washington, D.C., the establishment is terrified, and they should be. They were all, all of them wrong, making this one of the greatest upsets in American political history. Immediately upon taking office, President Trump changed things. But change threatened the establishment, and the establishment fought back. Democrat obstruction, phony investigations, the dishonest media, an incredible 92% of stories are negative. No president has seen anything like it. Despite everything they threw at him, President Trump delivered for the American people, and he delivered like never before. Building the strongest economy in American history, seven million new jobs, the lowest ever unemployment for black and Hispanic Americans, ending the Biden era of lopsided trade deals that sent our factories overseas, passing the historic USMCA, taking on China, winning the trade war, protecting and strengthening Medicare and Social Security, lowering the cost of insulin, delivering the first real drop in drug prices in 50 years, restoring our military, fixing the VA, bringing our troops home, and taking the world's deadliest terrorists off the battlefield. Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, ISIS, brought to justice. Moving America's embassy to Jerusalem, a new era of strength and solidarity with our ally Israel. Negotiating a historic peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Securing our border. Miles of new border wall being built. Illegal immigration dropped to the lowest point in a decade. Tackling the coronavirus head on. Banning travel from China. Mobilizing government, business, and the American people to manufacture masks, ventilators, and medical supplies. And launching Operation Warp Speed an unprecedented effort to develop a vaccine to eradicate the coronavirus from the face of the earth in record time. President Trump has accomplished more for the American people in four years than any other president in history. And in his second term, he will lead America to even greater heights, draining the swamp, rebuilding the economy, bringing back millions of jobs, creating 10 million new jobs in 10 months, new opportunities for all Americans, not just those at the top, lowering drug costs, expanding access to high-quality health care for every American family, defending America's police, restoring law and order to our cities, stopping illegal immigration and protecting American families, and ending America's reliance on China once and for all bringing back jobs and factories, making medicine and products in America again. President Trump will rebuild America's infrastructure, renew hope and our entrepreneurial spirit for a new generation, and restore the American dream. It won't be easy, never pretty, 
the swamp will continue to fight him every step of the way. But under President Trump, our families will thrive. Our incomes will rise. Our communities will be kept safe. Our factories will flourish. Our flag will fly high. Our country will soar. And we will make America great again. Hey everyone, welcome to Surrender All of Jesus show. Guys, I will. I promise you, if that doesn't get you stoked to go out and actually vote, I don't know what's going to do it. Either way, either way you look at it. But let me just tell you guys, we have a really awesome show for you today. I promise too that that's the only political thing that we'll probably be talking about tonight. Because I have a really awesome guest. She is all the way from, and she's coming in through, not Skype, we're doing a new Ecamm thing. And that's the software package that I use for the show. And uh, it's a direct link, so it's not on Skype anymore. It's through their own direct link. But she's all the way from Oregon. And, guys, I'm telling you, she is an awesome woman of God. She has an amazing testimony. You're going to be blessed. And they call her Comeback Jack. And there's a reason for that. And she's going to get into that today. And she does arts. Um, she's an awesome painter. I mean, it's like it, she calls it therapeutic. A lot of people call it prophetic art. But she does that kind of stuff. She sings. Um, she was a pastor. She did youth ministry. Just unbelievable stuff. And we're going to go into that. We're also going to go into how sometimes things happen in our lives and devil tries to take us out, guys. And that there's a comeback to that. And when we surrender those things that he wants us to surrender and we're obedient to what he wants us to do, man, I'm telling you, the anointing happens, the favor happens, and then things start flowing into your destiny. And that's what that's what this show is all about, is all about. So if you don't know, this is Surrender All of Jesus uh, show. Man, we do a lot of stuff, not just in radio or live feeds, but we do training. Uh, I also do counseling and stuff like that, but you'll, you'll learn a little bit more of that. But let's check out what Surrender All of Jesus is all about. Watch this promo. And every one of us, if we look back in our lives, we can see how God was training us to do the things that He really wants us to do. The question is, is are we listening to the Holy Spirit? That time is now. There's no more excuses for each one of us. We need to step in that cause because each one of us, that cause is directly linked to people that are lost in the city, the state, and the world. So we need to step in that cause and do that so that we can reach those people. Let me ask you a question. Do you want joy in your life? You know what, if you want joy in your life, what you need to do is surrender all. And that's exactly what this whole website, the, the radio ministry is all about, is surrendering those things to God that He wants you to do so you can step in that awesome destiny that He has for your life. You know what, there's a lot of really cool things that are going on in the city of Milwaukee. God does have a strategic plan to change the things that are going on. We've been laying a foundation, a revival has started, and you know what, He needs you. God needs you to do those awesome things that He preordained just for you to reach the people of the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, and the world. Surrender All Ministries is all about partnering with as many people as we can. You know, we got Clark Square Initiative that we're partnering with. We got Salvation Army. We have Rescue Mission. We have all these different ministries that are doing things in the city of Milwaukee. There's a reconciliation that has been going on between churches, all different denominations, and we're working together as one in Christ. You're almost out of time. You better give. 
All right, so let's check this out. Uh, one of the things that I really love is an interactive audience. So if you could, type right now where you're watching from. If you could, too, share this so that other people can listen to it. i got to turn this down a little bit. It's like jamming in my ear. It's like way too loud. Maybe I'm talking too loud. I don't know. So uh, we have some people watching from Oregon. And uh, this is Valerie. Valerie, thank you so much for watching. And... Stephanie, yes, I would love to have you on the show. Totally love to have you on the show. Uh, inbox me, and we can definitely, definitely make that happen. So that's part of it. Interactive. And there's some, there's some stuff that we would like to do tonight. I know Jennifer and I talked about this, about just praying for people and stuff. So if you got prayer requests right now, put them in, a, in the comment section. And uh, while they're coming in or at the end, I'll go through and look and, and put them up on a screen and pray for you guys. I'm telling you. There's breakthrough that's going to happen. So you got to take that chance. You got to take that risk. And if Holy Spirit's telling you, put it in there, just put it in there because that's the risk. And, and then the anointing and favor and blessings and whatever you need is right after that. So guys, YouTube page, I'm still looking for as many people as I can get to subscribe to my YouTube page. So all that stuff is in the comment section. Don't do it now. Do it later, but just click that one click. Go to the YouTube page, hit that subscribe button, and then hit that alarm bell so every time I go live, and or I upload new videos that you can get those notifications. So right now, you guys, type in there where you're watching from, share this. And um, I was going to do my sponsorship video, but I because we got so much to talk about tonight, I'm not going to do that. I had it set up, but Holy Spirit's telling me to kind of push that aside. So give me one second. We're going to go right into this next scene, and then we're going to get Jennifer right online here. So just give me one second. There we go. Excellent. All right. So my guest, Jennifer Keezer, hopefully I said that name right. Uh, she's from Oregon. Guys, I'm going to let her kind of delve into all the stuff she does. But I mean, she started her own like, um, like I, I think it's called, what, what, what was it called? Let me look here. It is called Jenny's Kitchen. I mean, she's done that. She's <laughs> done the, the prophetic art stuff. I mean, it's just amazing how much stuff she's done and the adversity things that she's gone through to get where she's at today. And guys, I'm telling you, where she's at today, God is a directory, like going elevation like you would not believe. And things are amazingly going to be happening for her. So let's watch a couple things, and then we're going to go right into this interview. So this is Jennifer, um, and uh, man, check it out. It's awesome stuff. Watch this. This is her website. So I kind of went through and did a little screenshot of her shop, shot, not shop, shot. Should we go shopping? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, guys. All right, I'll get it right. Here we go. Check this out. You're more real than the wind in my lungs. You're more Standing on your thoughts define me, you're inside of me.
some dimension I'm going to be putting it in gold and so I've got my Rami I love him up there and this is a very a spiritual painting about me <laughs> so I just want to show you again we wanted to see how we could get doves to light it looked like they were gonna light on fire Okay, so I wanted to video my new painting a little bit as I've had several requests of people that wanted to see it in person. And this painting can be viewed from very far back, about six feet, and it is about the eyes of compassion. And the thing in this painting that it's about love and the depths of love, you can see as you get close to the painting, the viewer can see themselves reflected in the eyes and in this painting I wanted to capture the passion of love and themes of refinement and also suffering so it's set on a very dark a black background and this was an, a new painting of this new section in my life where I'm coming forward as an artist again having taken a large sabbatical from going through some of my own trials. In it, right, that's a diamond. And in the tears of compassion are actually diamonds. And those are from my first marriage where my husband and I divorced and then he passed away. And it all with a lot of um, consequences to my life. And so this painting is about the beauty that also comes in finding love in the dark spaces and is an encouragement to what love looks like. Um, I had some viewers, as you can see there, see an owl in the painting. The eyes in them were just what I painted that I feel like that looks like, what God looks like. You can see the world 
And so it's interesting as you step really far back to it kind of pulls you in. So that is my new painting. I don't know what I'm going to call it. All right. Hey, Jennifer, how you doing? Hi, <laughs> I, I didn't, great. wasn't able to Thank give you, you that countdown. Um, so, guys, this is Jennifer Keezer. Did I, did I get the name right, the last name? You did. Awesome. You did. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. So, man, we got a lot to talk about today. And I know you sent me your bio. Guys, this is, this is her bio. And it would take me a couple minutes to read because she's done that much stuff. So I'm just going to kind of let her talk about that. And um, again, if you guys are watching, you got prayer requests, let's, uh, let you know, we got one that came in right now. So Norma, hey, it's been a long yes. time since I talked to you. Um, we're just going to declare right now that that supernatural uh, peace is coming on you and your family. I declare healing right now in Jesus' name for whatever's going wrong. Any kind of infirmities need to go right now in Jesus' name. You have no legal authority there. Norma, what I would like you to do is just say that with me. Say, uh, all, all whatever that is that, that, that you want prayer for, it needs to go right now in Jesus' name. And it has no legal authority in you or around you. Um, this is to care, to, let's just declare that. And uh, um, yeah, that you're healed in, in Jesus' name. And whoever else in your family, they're healed in Jesus' name. All right, excellent. All right. Yeah. So if you guys got prayer requests, do that. So Jennifer, um, yes. you started in ministry about 93. So um, it's about the same time when I started uh, the surrender ministry, which would have been about 94. So tell me a little bit about that. And I know that, yeah. you know, you, you can do a kind of a longer version if you want to, because there's some significant things that happen in that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, um, you know, where God has taken you. There's a reason that people call you the comeback Jack, right? Indeed. <laughs> yes, I right. Love, I love that name. My grandpa's name is Jack. So, and I was Jack on my soccer team. So it was nice to take the name back too. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So you've done a lot. So why don't you tell my listeners and the and the people that are watching, because uh, this will turn into a podcast too. So why don't you tell the listeners like, you know, how you started and uh, kind of trail through where you are today and and some some significant things of those crossroads and those obedience things that, that you did. So. Absolutely. So feel free. Thank you for having me, Richard, to stop me along the way. Um, I'll start in 93 In 93, I graduated high school early and married my high school sweetheart, Jeremy, and my passions in life were music and uh, God and loving on people. I just loved uh, being there for them. And we and we hit the ground running and became a assistant youth pastors at a church. And I really wanted to be self-funded in ministry. So ministry uh, in whatever form, uh, creativity and business were my wheelhouses. And um, so I thought, well, I want to become self-funded and then just do good things. I have, I have a strong a sense of civic responsibility. And I loved kids. And what ended up coming forward when I started working with teenagers was they would send the troubled girls to me because um, they just knew. And by troubled, I meant they had trauma. Um, they were, it could be runaways. And the male youth pastors had to have some backup there. And so immediately I started to get my education in um, trauma 
um, eating disorders and just being there is an example and just to love. And I love teenagers. I mean, I'm a, I love people in general, but teenagers, young adults, people in their twenties, because you make significant decisions in your life. And so we moved to Idaho. We came back to Washington for a while and had our first child. Um, I had a couple uh, accidents of creative businesses. I'm a, um, I was raised on a small self-sustained farm in a community that does a lot of that. So I did a lot of garden design. People would hire me to make really peaceful gardens, um, design things for them with a lot of um, productivity to them. And I really felt connected to the, to the land and to making that. So I did that a lot, a long ways on my path. And then I made a um, product, a natural product, a salve. It's like a lotion. And that went crazy. That was accidental. And because I'm a musician, I taught a lot of violin. And all the people that I went to high school knew that I loved soccer. I loved them. I loved music and I loved God. And um, that was a lot about my life. Uh, we went to become youth pastors in Boise. And then we worked for a large ministry called Teen Mania Ministries in Garden Valley, Texas. And I lived in Texas for a while. And Ron and Katie Luce are the ministers there. And I actually um, had a, um, a job more in um, event contracts. It really wasn't as relational, but I learned a lot of systems of processes. And I found that those things in small business were the same as creating things. To me, I was like, oh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to reverse engineer some and, and invents. And so then I landed, we uh, moved around, had my second child, and we came to a tiny town in Washington to kind of regroup. And um, that was the first time I had Jen's Kitchen. So I had just had a baby. So I had an infant and a four-year-old. And we're in a tiny town. And Jen's Kitchen was the first time I felt like I got this ingenuitive idea. Mm -hmm. And I was out um, on a walk. I was uh, out with the baby. I was um, taking a prayer walk. And this idea just kind of you know, came to me. And so at that time I'd been married about 12 years and we're looking at buying property and starting the dream. And so I'm like, okay. So the idea was I am a great cook. What if I sell to go the dinner that I make in every night? I'm like, you know, that's a good idea. So I came up with a business plan. It was about $1,200 startup capital. And I did what's uh, very seldom done in the restaurant business, turned a profit the second month. And so I did exactly that. I had to go, I had catering, but I loved the connection to people. Yeah. I was able to give to people that were hurting. And um, I was also able to have a successful business, build a beautiful new home and yeah. stay home with my babies at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me something, I, I don't wanna stop you, but so a lot of yeah. people get visions and plans from God and he literally is giving us visions and plans for businesses, for ministries, mm -hmm. all those kind of things um, to take back our cities. I mean, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. how did that happen with you? Did you get that download of, you know, and a lot of people, and let me preface this too. Sometimes, I mean, you got to remember guys that everything good is coming from God. So all those visions and those things are, are things God is giving each one of us to do. 
and it's up to us to do them. So it could be a vision. It could be an audible thing that, that it could be something that you're looking at and going, wow, yeah, I would love to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those kind of things. So kind of explain to the audience that, you know, you got this vision, but then there was a risk that came with that, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah. So in ingenuity and creativity is really a realm of, of God. It's who he is. Uh- and anything that good, we all need to create something good in our life. And so I get this idea and anytime you get an idea and in the creative process, sometimes with it comes some anxiety. Oh man, I'm going to have to take a risk. I'm going to be doing something that nobody's done before, but creativity also solves problems. Yeah. And so I actually, um, when people say, oh, whoa, we don't want to put God in a box. Well, I, I agree with that. Like we need to be really open to experiencing who God is. Yeah. But as far as creativity goes, sometimes when you have boundaries, barriers or obstacles, it will actually stimulate your creativity. Yeah. So I am in a tiny town where restaurants are failing. Um, I had just gone through, um, logistical business training. So I knew how to produce, um, a product and streamline a Monday through Friday menu, um, and not have any waste and have a very good profit margin. Um, I actually had the highest rating in the County because I served all of my food hot. Um, I was the lowest uh, potential for contaminants, contaminations. And so I've had a high rating there and I wanted to stay home with my children. I have a four-year-old and an, and a baby. My second son is such a laid back human being. And so what could I do? And not only I want to pay for all of my own food and I want to make, you know, two to $4,000 a month profit and build a new house. And so all of these things came together. And sometimes they're just, you know, we call God moments, but you're like, was that just me? (laughs) And I have to say, yeah, it was both of you because you're created to get great ideas. Yeah. And you're created to execute them. Well, that restaurant became very successful. I ended up writing a cookbook. I almost got my own uh, spot on a TV show. I um, turned a profit every month. um, And my customers and I just absolutely adored each other. Um, I did some catering on the side and developed a budget catering. Um, Budget catering was you pick it up to go and I could do events single-handedly up to about 200 people. And that also helped fuel a lot of my creativity. I could build a house. I could, I, uh, could help build my property, build yeah. my family, and do the things I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So in just a little bit, guys, I have some pictures that will show of uh, the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. So, so mm-hmm. after that, what did you end up like, getting into? What, what, what was the next phase? Yeah, that was a critical juncture in our life. Um, my husband, Jeremy, was good at everything. And also at that time, um, things kind of began to manifest in his life where I thought, all right, I don't know if he's okay. And what I mean by that, he was incredibly successful at everything he did, but he, he wanted to move a lot. And, um, and I had always wondered there were times when he wasn't faithful to me. So we also were in marriage ministry and we're doing work in the church. And then I'm starting to have, um, okay, 
marriage is getting real, right? So he really ends up deciding, I'm going to serve God. I'm like, all right, awesome. If you're serving God, I'm going to serve God. We're going to serve God with you. And that's when J3 Ministries was born. It was born in the throes up to our eyeballs of building a property, building a life. And J3 was Jeremy, Jennifer, and Jesus together. And after that time, we started um, speaking a lot. We started traveling a lot. I love to sing and do artwork for people. We begin to travel internationally. And he really wanted to be a full-time minister. So we ended up moving at that point um, to Redding, California. And that's the next big juncture in our life there in Redding, California. In Redding, California, my heart was to, I knew that I wanted to put in a cooperative type of, of living arrangement where people could come and figure out who they were. Who are you? What are you supposed to do with your life? And I wanted to live in the presence of God more cooperatively. And I wanted to have available study materials and, and, and arts and music 24 seven. So we ended up buying a 6,000 square foot, um, three floor, uh, 2000 square feet on each floor building for me to put that vision in. And I did, and it was called the Kabod house. So how long, so, yeah. how long, how long did that happen? And give me some like couple really cool testimonies. Yeah. So yeah, we've got some great testimony. So the Kabod house would have been my heart opened up and created into a project. Um, that ministry looked like, um, I have eight spiritual sons, uh, five of them I'm very close to, to this day. And they lived on the bottom floor and they were, um, we had to choose men or women because we didn't really want everybody cohabiting together. So this is almost <laughs> kind of like, kind of like the dreams uh -huh. in LA, right? I mean, I didn't, I guess I didn't get that correlation that they actually stayed yeah. there. When you said open 24 seven. Oh yeah. Meant, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And so they were oh. all from all different walks of life. They're the, hands down some of the coolest most amazing people i've ever met some of them now today are successful businessmen some are ministers yeah. um i got a few texans in there you gotta love the texans they just say ma'am yes ma'am when you ask them to do something <laughs> <laughs> i was like i will take me a whole bunch of texans any day of the week um Southern Cal surfers, people from very affluent backgrounds, people from not affluent backgrounds, and they're some of the finest men God ever made. Wow. And they decide, they're like, we want to live here with you. We're, wow. we'll pay, they uh, paid rent. It was like a boarding house. I cooked for them every night. They right. loved my cooking too. Right. And, um, and I had you know the skills to do that. And we all, it gave them the lowest uh, price that they could get for that type of arrangement. And they could, and then I said, well, what's your dream? Yeah. Who really are you and what do you want to do? Let's, let's give you a task um, to do that. So the middle floor, I lived with my family and it was about family interaction and they could always invite someone over for dinner. And then the upper floor, um, the building itself was built as a church and on the upper floor of this huge monstrous um, house on the bottom. And so that was a study center and it had an exterior entrance. And so you could come up there, you could um, soak in the presence of God 
it had a very beautiful atmosphere. I was always teaching art so you could come do art with me. And then all the musical instruments were set around. And so it was a very organic family based connection. Um, the, so I became involved in Bethel church, Bethel church, loved the Kabod house. Um, Chris Overstreet's a friend of mine and he just, he would come over there and he's like, you guys are helping transform the city. And at that time I had no idea what we were about to do. Right. So, so we got into this building and we start to rehab the project and it, the building itself is so disgusting. It has swamp coolers, broken windows and rotten carpet. So we go to pull up the carpet and we find like a pentagram. Oh, and I'm like, whoa, wow. yeah. hello. Wow. We find hooks for ritual abuse. Then um, there's a shed outside I call the creepy shed. There's filming for filming pornography in one of the rooms we found out. Wow. Um, about a week in, um, two weeks in, federal investigators showed up at my front door because um, they were running a Ponzi scheme out of the top and they were doing child pornography in the building. Oh and then the kids from the neighborhood showed up and that's when my heart was totally broken. Yeah. And, and so it was a, at that point, it was one of the yucky spots in Reading. And I knew that I knew, well, then I started to meet all the people who were like, that's the house on the street. That's the yucky house. That's the nasty house. That's the drug house. That's the porn house. Yeah. And God sent you here to help do my city. Now that wasn't my vision or dream. That right. was God's idea exactly. yeah. because I thought, you know, I'm going to get myself a little retreat center in the mountains <laughs> and commune with God in the forest. Like, and here I am up to my eyeballs in hot downtown Reading with these eight guys and my family. And I tell you, it was some of the, the best memories of my entire life. Yeah. Um, each person have testimonies. All we could say is that we lived in an awareness of the presence of the Lord. And we, and we came into relationship where we um, gave ourselves one to another to just be discipled. So I sewed into their dreams. They were serving my dreams um, and they'd have done anything for me. That's pretty cool. And so um, that uh, in itself is actually, if you go to, uh, there's a woman, her name's Dr. Jen Miskoff. There's a ministry after me that comes into that house, um, Silver to Gold and the Destiny House. And um, she is a revival historian and wrote about some of our accounts in the revival history because all cities and places and people yeah. have darkness. And why is it that there's some spots that are so much darker yeah. than other ones? Yeah. So we found it was the oldest um, coven that had been established in the city that was removed. Wow. And yeah. so that was just a side, a side yeah. piece of history there. Yeah. Yeah. Now think about this, guys that are listening in, women. Think about Jennifer not doing that deal, not going into there and doing that. So there's always risk, but I'm telling you, God works from the end to the beginning and he knows everything in mm -hmm. between. And all he needs us to do is just to be obedient to what he's telling us to do. And then we can start breaking those mm -hmm. strongholds and things that are happening. It's mm -hmm. amazing. It's totally, totally amazing. Yeah.
Now, no, yeah. no doubt. I think the next part of your story is when you get attacked, and I think, and if, yeah, yeah. you kind of think about. The, I think the more we do things for God, we get the bullseye in our back, right? I mean, I know that. That. I mean, I, I know that we're totally fine. I get that, but there are hardships and things that can happen. They can happen, and it it, it does. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and I think the more we do for God, the more it really gets the devil pretty mad. And we got to take, we got to understand that. We got to understand that. Not to have fear over that, but we got to understand that those things happen and we praise our way mm. through those kind of things. So talk to me about what, what happened next. And it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll tell you just the series of events. They take course over about four years. And the one thing that I will say about Reading and the church I was involved in, I also, uh, have some of the best friends of my life there. Yeah. And uh, what started to, yeah. And what started to happen was something I call the unthinkable or the unfathomable. And I think each of us who go through struggles internally and, or if you're married and you know, your spouse is going to have a struggle, you're expecting to win that struggle. Hmm. I, I didn't go to any of our struggles thinking we're not going to win. We're going to win. We have Jesus. We have love and we have an amazing family and tribe. So the Kabod house goes and two things happen first. And so the first thing happens is uh, my husband gets involved with a man who is doing a mortgage fraud. And he was a part of a lot of people in our company in our nation doing mortgage fraud that helped crash the, the market in uh, 2008 and 2009 and, and living those consequences to 2010. And so um, I got a call one day from a hard money investor that wanted to kill my husband. I found out they, they had bought 25 houses in South Carolina and I had no idea. So I'm like, what? And then he goes to work for another man and he's like, okay, these things have settled to go to work for another man. And I think something's not right here. And um, I'll give you the long story short of that is there was also a federal investigation of that man who had embezzled $6 million from us people and is in a federal prison. And at that point, I go, all oh, right, I, I don't have a grid for this, right? I'm not from a business background, but this is, this is bad. And so then my husband comes to me and he says, I have some sins to confess to you. I'm like, all right. Let's have it. And he says, I am obsessed with murder and I'm a part of an online community that I want to be an assassin and kill people. And he goes, I fantasize about murdering you and or me killing myself and or faking my own death and running. Wow. And my brain just goes, what? And that's when I, when the shock kind of started. And so I said to him, so 
you're playing a creepy video game, right? He he loved technology. And for the people that knew my uh, knew Jeremy, this is just like sounds even crazy when I say it. So I didn't tell anyone. I just was like in shock. So we meander along and then there's one night we move out of the Kabod house and I start, I have severe, I get a disease. It's uh, adrenal fatigue and if adre adrenal fatigue, if it goes into adrenal failure is quite serious. And I had two episodes of paralysis and what ends up happening is it's a stress and exhaustion yeah. type of illness. Yeah. And my body just kind of couldn't take it anymore. No. And, and so I go on bed rest for six months. So at that point, there's a regroup that kinds starts to happen. And <laughs> I recover. And I actually start Jen's portal art, you're going to see some of those paintings, some of my favorite work. And I say, that's it. No, no way. This isn't taking me out. Mm -hmm. We can't, we don't have a little, you know, my husband doesn't go to jail with the other dude that goes to jail. He gets in and he starts working. And um, I was like, all right, this is hard. And I'm grieving losing the Kabod house. I'm like, first of all, this is super embarrassing. Yeah. I'm, you know, pretty well known. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, so I do this. That's it. I'm taking it. We're doing some some artwork and I have commissions that go all over the world at that point. And then and then something the day I remember my husband comes home completely wasted on alcohol and he starts a combination of alcohol, Ambien and antidepressants that start uh, this combination of um scary zombie like behavior and addiction and he's working a very good job at the same time wow. and so this is this starts to happen and i think to myself i better figure out how to get a full-time job like mm -hmm. I, I i'm still living from you know my, my ministry's gone my business yeah. is gone yeah. But how am I going to support myself? Because I think that he's going to have like a nervous breakdown is yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And I still don't think of the next parts that start to happen. And so what ended up happening is my husband um, ended up getting into drugs and alcohol and creating a new life in San Francisco. Said, I'm not serving God. Filed bankruptcy. Said, you are forbidden. I don't want any of the church goes to San Francisco, um, has a girl, has a, so he's having an affair. Um, I don't necessarily know to what extent and leaves me. Um, we go through a horrific divorce and I'm uh, constantly in court. We lose everything we own. He abandoned the children, told me he hated me, hated the children, didn't want to be a father. He goes to live a new life. And then, um, I have moved to Salem and I get a knock on my door right when I got here that he had fallen or slash jumped. We don't know what off a building in San Francisco and died. Wow. And so I go through between the darkness was about two years at the end of the marriage yeah. and then, and then less than two years. So I had about a four year period 
that was something horrific every day and during that time <laughs> and those memories are so rough yeah. um the memories are hard they're still painful yeah. i think i watched um we talk about saying yes and no to god yeah. so i have my two sons and i watched my best friend choose wrong <clears throat> over and over and over again and then die yeah. And so that gets me to Oregon. That gets me to, I just barely got here. And that was the unthinkable that happened in my story. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have really fathomed um, his addictions. Yeah. Um, he died with um, four street drugs in his system, uh, a, a horrible toxology report and the pain that was unreconciled in him. So I have within me kind of this dichotomy. I have this one life that seemed so great. And then it's, it, it unraveled to an extent that I was like, he's now my abuser. How yeah. do I even reconcile the love and compassion I have? Wow. And also what I've just lived through and take my two boys through it and end up okay. Yeah. So that, that'll get us to there. So what did you do? <laughs> what did I do? So and I, I just, I made some major Jennifer too, because I, I didn't like, we didn't go into the full details of all stuff like uh -huh. that. I, I am, I am truly sorry that that happened. Um, yeah. Thank you. And, and everyone that loved him and I, it was a horrific tragedy. And, um, so there's huge amounts of compassion for everyone. And so within that narrative, I actually held a lot of secrets. So the first thing that kind of happened was I had to get some care and I had to get some care for, um, the difficulties and darkness that I went through. Yeah. Um, I had worked with a ton of, I'm used to working with trauma. And my area of specialty is art therapy. Yeah. And, and then I also needed to get a, get a bearing for what do my kids really need going through this? Huge. So what I ended up yeah. doing is completely, completely withdrawing. I went off all social media. I had moved to Oregon and the only person I knew here, people were my natural family, my parents, my sister. And I gave my children anonymity. I didn't want my sons to to have to live with the constant thing of oh are you the kids of the guy that and and yeah. that's what was happening yeah and and so the first main thing was that was the mama that came out and the mama mama jen um my spiritual children and people that I walk with call me Mama Jen. Yes, I'm a revivalist. Yes, I'm a minister. Uh, yes, I'm an artist. Um, yes, I have these glorious, amazing things. But let me just like throw all those down for a while yeah. because I'm a mama first and foremost. Yeah. And, and so I told my children, I looked them in the face and said, I will never leave you no matter how hard this gets no matter what you feel and what you say, what it looks like, if you want to, if you need to swear, swear, I want all your pain. Yeah. And that's actually the first point was that I told my sons, I want all your pain. 
I want, I want everything. And I said, I'm going to help you, us have uh, recovery and normal. And so my sons and I went through um, fairly severe, as you could imagine, um, what's called PTSD. And PT and so PTSD people are familiar with it. I wasn't, didn't really understand what was happening to me because I thought soldiers have PTSD. And even though all the symptoms are the same, um, you basically wake up through all of the memories, feelings, and traumas that you've ever seen or lived and have to re-anchor. And so our comeback creativity anchored in this tiny little fixer in Salem. And creativity has become not just a shining star in my career, but it's been the ability to overcome. And so we buy this little fixer upper and my boys, they're both handy. My oldest is a champ. I'm, you know, a designer. And so we start to fix up the house and they start to stabilize and um, they have a a great little life. Um, I put in a garden and then our hearts start to try to reconcile with God. Yeah. What just happened. Yeah. Because we don't have a story and I always served God. So I didn't have a testimony that was like, well, I did these horrible things and then God saved me. We were like, man, we're confused. This guy was with God. And then the boys were like, and then he baptized us and then he, and then he died. How do I reconcile all those things, these inner and, and who am I? Yeah. which is hard enough for teenagers. And then where is my place in this world? Yeah. So we completely focus. We also spend a huge amount of time. I get a membership at a place called Our Ranch. And mm. Our Ranch is a 6,000 acre working horse ranch um, that has incredible fishing ponds. Uh, we all ride dirt bikes, motorcycles. Uh, you can ride dirt bikes. There's a bunkhouse. Um, there's the wild yonder you can hunt. And it's private, so you can camp there. And when the boys and I are there, it's the first time I realize we're going to be okay. Like, this is hard, yeah. um, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. And so we would just spend time with whatever they needed in Oregon. And we would also go, it's right on the border, um, and be at the ranch together yeah. and, um, and have as much fun together. Uh, My garden, I also ended up putting in a community garden and an art garden so I could interact. And so um, with people, but it became a place I reconciled my grief. Mm. And so for people, if you have a trauma background and in the study of art therapy, creative things, both physically, mentally, spiritually, help us ground and create new. Well, I couldn't see any beauty anywhere, so I planted a garden to, to produce and to see beauty again and to see that everything's going to be okay. And the garden started to draw people who were also hurting. And at that time, I wasn't really active in praying for people in the sense of God, you and I are still in our relationship going round and round in our reconciliation, but I could leave like little love notes and flowers out on the side of the road. And they would just say one thing like hope. And every time my heart break, and I'm still having morning PTSD symptoms at that point, about three to four days a week, 
So mm-hmm. I'm having to re-anchor and ground, uh, have the boys there and then go. And those wane to completely healed. I'm like completely healed. <laughs> it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And the compassion that I have for people who suffer, um, and uh, let alone the military for any veterans is just huge. Um, PTSD is one of the most horrific things to try to reconcile. I love to pray for it, for people, for it to go away, because it feels like without a miracle, you end up living in that state of bad. And it has such high rates of, of suicide for people. So I have a huge compassion for that. So my son actually, so I, the boys are getting ready to leave. We flip the house, the market gets up. Um, so, so I can, um, have a good amount of money and no debt. And um, financially, of course, all of the trauma we, we went through was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And so my son goes into the Marine Corps and uh, Brandon and I regroup after flipping the house and um, have another house we have here with family and then focus on, on his career. Yeah. And that's like this last three-year section that has been happening right now that after the, the horrible part. So I go back to school and I study art therapy again. Um, I'm in a master's for Christian counseling right now. And Bradley's doing phenomenal. He spent, uh, my oldest son, he spent three years in the Marine Corps. He actually had a shoulder injury. He was a part of security forces and he's in the Wounded Warrior Workshop wow. um, going into welding and engineering. My son, other son is in an engineering welding high school. They both are incredible musicians. And I tell you, I'll tell you the truth. The people you really want to interview is them. <laughs> they are cha- champions. Would love to do that. Of the, yeah, oh my gosh. They'll wreck you completely. They're champions of the faith and champions of pain. They're just real. And if anybody knows any guys in the military or any Marines, you know, they're just a different breed. They are hardcore but they, they love their families. He's a black and white thinker, tough as nails. And he loves his mama. (laughs) And so he, my sons have done such an incredible job at, uh, in, in knowing that their father loved them and he had some things that took him out and we all get a chance to say yes or no. And so they, um, I was very, very cognizant to keep them connected to anything that they wanted to about who their dad was. Yeah. And, and so, um, in some of that, it is the, um, ultimately the love was that the love and honor that I felt for him was greater than the hate. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so there's a lot of people that are watching that um here gabby just said yes interview them <laughs> that that's talking about your sons mm-hmm. um and i know and, and gabby i've known for for a little while and i think you and gabby need to like kind of inbox each other and talk a little bit i think you guys uh nice. very well and connecting yeah um there's another one from valerie mm-hmm. yeah that's, and then lane that's, that's my sister by the way your sister oh hey valerie okay yeah cool. yeah uh, this is Lainey. It's kind of a longer one, but yes, your mess will be your message. Yeah. The hardest thing, <laughs> the hardest thing with that though, is like, I mean, I know that too. And I went through some rough stuff in 2018 and, and I know that God's going to get glorified and, 
and there's going to be an amazing testimony of all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But when you're walking through it, eh, it's kind of it's kind of hard, right? I mean, I, yeah. I know that God says to praise through it. That's what keeps the devil away. That's what just I mean, it just the devil doesn't know what to do with that, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I get that, but you know, it's still it's still hard, man. And I, I can only imagine what you and your sons went through. Um, praise God, yeah. you're at the point where you're at today, and right. that whatever happened, um, you're going to be like totally with Holy Spirit flowing through you, healing other people that have gone through the similar kind of things. I mean, you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you're talking rejection. You're talking oh. death. You're right. talking violence. You're talking, right. you know, trust. I mean, all these things, not only with the person yeah. that you're with, but also with God, if we really be real about what, what it was. I mean, you. I'm sure you had some times. I did in 2018. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, what the heck, man? You know, I right, thought I was doing right. everything what you wanted me to do. Why is this? Oh, not- yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. So I, I, I totally can, and I can speak And I can speak to that for a second because I feel like I know there's going to be viewers that are like, okay, listen, I I cannot get through this. I actually, re- I wasn't able in my own self to come up with enough goodness to even forgive. And mm. um, that had to be something that was yeah. given to me. Yeah. I um, couldn't heal myself. So I had that. And I wasn't so sure about you, God. Like, um... You know, I don't have a story where I was like, oh, yeah, I was just fleshing out and I married some total doofus guy. Like I married this great guy. Yeah. And and this horrible story unfolded. Yeah. And so um, people would say things to you in this awkward space, maybe that they don't know what to say. So I can remember going, I don't want to hear it right now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there was one point now people can go through the throes and have a testimony, which is awesome. Maybe like a three month thing. Yeah. And but imagine do you um, for people that maybe have chronic illnesses when suffering is a daily pain yeah. for eight straight years. Yeah. Where you are like, I had four points in my in my walk I I write about and speak about some of them where I ask I wish I would die I ask God please kill me yeah please I I don't think my physical body can handle the rupture of my heartbreak Mm. and seeing even what this did to my kids but I'm like oh man I I love them so much I got to figure out some way how to how to get through this and there's times that that pain God feels totally distant. Yep. As a matter of fact, I have this one point. So there's the, there was this very wealthy man that I had never met who was a huge fan of my artwork. And God woke him up in the middle of the night and said, um, I, I want you to give her money. And so I meet some person that knows him and I know her and hands me a wad of like five grand cash. Amen. And in this, in this process. Yeah. And over the course of, he said, I want you to know that you know that you know that if you need anything, you can come to me. And as this unfolds, that man never failed me, ever. He, he, and he said, I know, she goes, trust me, I get so much blessed from blessing you. Mm-hmm. And here I am thinking, what if I'm not a functional human being again? 
I could rule the world with one hand tied behind my back, do a business, do family, do ministry. And when all of that is taken away and you're living through what the Bible would call a job, if you're a person that reads the Bible, that's what Christians say. Oh, you lived through a job. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, and, um, and so there was a time when I said to God and once I'm angry and I, I'm really real. So I'm yelling at God out, out on a drive or something. And I said, you know, the only reason I even believe you're even real is that rich dude gives me so much money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Here, Jennifer, this is what, if you haven't figured this out, he already knew that. So I, I tell people that I counsel all the time. God, you'll never hear God say, oh, I didn't see that coming or, oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. So, right. So, yeah, totally. he knew exactly that. Yes. He knew. And so then the next three years are about radical restoration of my heart, the rebirth of my passions. And to Amen. me, I was, couldn't even remember what happy felt like. Yeah. Happy was about 2010 and it's a distant memory And still that had struggles that had struggles. The road behind me wasn't easy. So I started to experience what they call real heart healing, real. um, And, and life looks different after that. You, um, you don't sweat the small stuff. You're grateful for everything. And I, I had no desire to share my story at all. And I could never have expected my life being this restored and feeling this whole as a person. And I, if anybody can um, be helped by that, then my life is completely surrendered, just like your broadcast, completely surrendered of what that looks like. Yeah. I I had this one uh, prophetic word that was given to me a couple days before a lot of the stuff that unfolded in 2018 for me. And uh, totally rejected the word, and then God brought it back um, around July of, of 2018. And part of that prophetic word, and I believe it really speaks to people that go through different things, um, is that God is all about reconciliation. He's all about, mm-hmm. um, he's all about, and, and this is one of the, the, the I'm going to paraphrase this, but he said that he was going to take me behind the curtain and that he was going to set a new DNA in me, a new DNA. And so, I mean, and that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like you go through stuff, right? And God has a plan to change that stuff and make it better than you were before. I mean, tremendously better than you were before. And we just got to walk through that process. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So we're almost kind of running out of time, but I don't want to, I'm not going to say. Yeah. So I want to get to the prophetic art. And then we got to talk about um, Brian too, because I really think that there's some people out here that, that might want to hear some of the things that that that, that are happening with that. So we'll, we'll see. We might Absolutely. have to do a part two. We might have to do a part two. That's so, all right. You but, take it from here. Yeah. So let's get into, um, do you want to do the handkerchief thing? Is that pretty quick? Yeah, that's a fun little story. All right. So, let's, uh, so give me one second and I will pull it up. I just got to make sure I'm in the right spot. And I think that's it right there. You're just going to lose me, but that's yeah. okay because people don't need to see me. Yes. So this is a handkerchief that this story touched me so deeply. And, you know, I have all kinds of artwork and projects. The thing about creativity is it never ends. And this one 
was um, this is a handkerchief I had embroidered for my dearest friend, Colleen Garcia's memorial service. She was a woman that is one of the champions of friendship and life that I've ever known. And um, she passed away kind of like Enoch. She just kind of passed away in her husband's arms. She had had some health troubles. So we all go through this corporate loss. She has several different memorials. And in my heart, I thought, well, oh my gosh, what should I even do for her memorial? I'm traveling from out of state. I thought I should, I should get handkerchiefs and print on this. And I, all that I could feel in my heart was this phrase, you have loved us. Mm. And that's who she was, like thousands of people. She was always that person that showed up at that exact moment. Yeah. And I, so I'm just, I'm so busy. I'm like, there's no way. No, of course I go find the handkerchiefs, take them to a printer. It's done in 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I go out of town. It's like not even possible. <clears throat> and it's just a random thought. I don't even think of it as God. I just think of it as I'm a grieving friend. And what do I do yeah. to contribute something to the community? And in her memory, I can't bring flowers. I have nothing to say. And so I show up and I'm sitting there at the memorial behind Brian, her husband, and there's this woman sitting there on the front row. And I had never met her, but she was Colleen's best friend. And I felt impressed, like I need to give her this handkerchief. And I just took a pile, passed them around to people. And I just said, hey, I'm Jen. Um, I don't know you, but here's a hanky for Colleen's memorial. Yeah. And she looks at it. And she goes, her mouth opens and she starts to tear up. And she says, Colleen and I have been best friends our entire adult life. And we did a secret thing between the two of us that not one person knows. She collected custom handkerchiefs for me. And she would find them with my initials on them and give them to me at every single moment in my life. It was a secret and nobody knew. Crazy good. And... It, it just touched <clears throat> me so deeply and in that we can, it's all of it is so incredibly fun, yeah. but that that was the moment she needed at that yeah. place in time. Yeah. It was just a little gift. And how many times do we, do I, or can we overlook those tiny little things Yes. of just maybe extending ourselves to someone and we're like, yeah. oh, that's just a good idea. I'm too yeah. busy. Or, you know, I should take them some muffins. Or what about this card? And what I can tell you is, as being somebody that teaches, I teach gift giving, is that it is just, you can never outgive God. A hundred percent of the time, something yep. awesome will, yep. will, because God's main point is to love people. Yes. And he does and it through if us. You're willing, he does it through us. Mm -hmm. So that's where that, that yeah. listening yeah. and being obedient comes into play. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, so my listeners know that I about, that. about me. <laughs> yes. That is so amazing. Um, I mean, that's one of the uh -huh. things I always talk about is just that we got to listen to Holy spirit and then be obedient and all the things that he tells us to do, no matter where we're at. Um, so mm. yeah, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Let's do the prophetic or the, the, uh, the therapy art. Let me just find it here. Yeah. Um, hold on. Um, yeah, where is it? Here we go. Okay. So can't see us, but you can see some of the art. So can you see that, Jen? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, when I started getting into this art is as a spiritual portraiture. So when I see a person, 
I often will can put them in a picture form about who they are. Like who, who's their identity? What do they stand for? What are they about? And there's three people here. The first one is Karen Burner in the gold dress. And she's a dear friend of mine. And this is just, she's a nature person. And this is how she loves to worship. And I did that for her. And the second one is Benny Johnson, who's just a beloved leader intercessor. And this is how I saw her with her shofar opening up all of these cities. She likes to travel around to cities and um, pray for them so they can be restored. And in those flowers are cities. And then the third one is my friend, Joaquin Evans. And um, I actually have the the drawing above it. So when I teach, I show people this because I always tell people, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how bad at everything you are. That's how I draw. So the first drawing (laughs) above Joaquin is the idea. I don't naturally draw any better than that. I go to school. I can learn to draw. I can do unit of measure. You can get better, but that's actually what comes out of me. But I paint like a champ. So it turns into that. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, that is when Joaquin's is so beautiful. Those are, um, I have in the loss of my life. I also a lot, a lot, uh, lost a lot of my photos. So hopefully you can see those Joaquin. You know, he said, you captured every major, major God moment I had in my life that helped launch who I am in, in, in the things he goes, there's this moment where I'm at standing by this tree with God and my entire life changed. And so I love that one of him. He's such a wonderful uh, person. Yeah. Guys, I, you've heard me say this mm-hmm. many times before. The arts, God is moving through arts, through prophetic art, therapy art, whatever you want to call it, music, mm-hmm. productions, all those kind of things. God is going to use all those things to reach people. And this stuff is healing, guys. This stuff is just amazingly healing. So talk about some of the things that you would like to do coming up in the future. And I think you're going to call it comeback creativity, right? It's great. Yes. So uh, I have the my first website and my new name is Comeback Creativity. Yeah. And as I'm known, like you said, for people is Comeback Jack. Yeah. And Comeback Creativity is all about the use of creativity to help people um, overcome or create something awesome, have a blast. So I do workshops. Cool. And I do different types of workshops based in different things. Um, I've also worked well-versed in um, religious nonprofits. So I've worked a lot in churches and I've worked right. a lot in non-religious nonprofit. So yeah. when sometimes organizations, they want to do a team building exercise that brings people together, we'll do yeah. a group painting and yeah. I'll teach on creativity and connectivity, inclusion, acceptance. And I just yeah. love doing that. And I've even gone into corporate America for those same types of exercises. Um, I'm waiting. It looks like I'll be stepping into my first studio um, here in Oregon where I can have music, art, and then I also mentor so people can do um, how they would interact with me is uh, one-on-one mentoring sessions and private commissions. I love to do things for people. I love to take any of my uh, creative skills and leverage that in some way and 
um, since I'm so broad off, I do, of course, do a lot of paintings, but it's really great to help redesign people's bedrooms, um, to help their homes. And, you know, if people want to have me come to their neighborhood or church or city, you know, they fly me in and we can think about what's going to help. Creativity is about helping you create something that you need or want or a breakthrough. Right. So that's what we do. So one of the persons that's helping you, I'm just going to pull her thing down and kind of pull it up is Christina and she's helping you do some stuff. You want to kind of talk about Christina, give her a quick plug. (laughs) Uh, Oh, absolutely. They don't have to twist my arm on that one. Christina, um, I admired some of her work as a graphic designer, as an artist, and she is quite a testimony as a person. And she approached me so bathed in love. And I said, you know, I think that you might be the person to help me stair step out some of these technical things from website writing to bouncing ideas off of. And she has prayerfully come alongside me and just absolutely blessed me to be able to create what I need to. It's taken the huge weight off of me. um, So I can do the things that I need to do. And then she's going and doing the things that um, from logo design website, she's also really great at helping your business be successful. So sometimes creative people like me have ideas and we try them, but maybe they need to be adjusted. So I'm really excited to have Christina on my team in this new season. Very, very cool. We got one prayer request Mm -hmm. to get into the I love Brian. Um, So, Stephanie, we're going to declare that God is going to open those doors for you to go in full-time um, singing and that he would get you Ooh, into full-time wow. like worship stuff too, Father. We're just going to declare that right now that those doors would be open. So, excellent. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Love that dream. Okay. All right. So, I love Brian. Talk about that a little bit, and then I'm going to show that quick promo video of of what happened and guys if you have anybody in your family that deals with any kind of mental illness stuff um it's it's hard it's hard and and you'll hear jennifer talk about a little bit of that gap that happens that only god can make things happen and i think that's an important thing to kind of just lay your hat on that remember god would never say i never saw that coming so he knows everything that's going to be happening so um so jenny wants you or jenny I don't know yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I love Brian is a fate. I love Brian's a Facebook page that I started open to everyone. So you can invite people to it, come and join to create a community within the space of mental illness. My brother, Brian is five years younger than me. And he had mental illness that started in his life around age 20. My brother, Brian, uh, he kind of looks like Brad Pitt. He's uh, gorgeous, dark complected. He was a soccer stud in school to be an engineer married. And then mental illness started to really pop up in his life. So um, as he got sicker and sicker and sicker, his life slid uh, slid into in and out of group homes. Um, Then he went in and out of institutions. Then... um, Police officers would pick him up and put him in jail, and then he became homeless. And at that point, he was living on the brink of death. And his diagnosis, for those of you that work in mental health, um, is pretty severe. It's a chronic schizoaffective disorder, um, and that means that they don't 
suspect it to be cured. Yeah. And, um, and he has a mood component, which is bipolar. And right. so that's a hefty thing that comes into play. Yeah. And he has two traumatic brain injuries and some OCD. My sister, Valerie Gear, that's on here. She's yeah. a rock star of the faith and is a human being. She has her doctorate and studied to have her own home to help people out of trauma on the trafficking side. Yeah. Uh, we decided to go to Washington and get him and bring him to Oregon. And so we took Brian from homelessness to here in Oregon in a private residence to work with the state of Oregon to try to create the best life possible. Right. And we approach it with all things, with love, with knowing that um, only God can help us. Um, yeah. We need medication. He needs medications and healing and anything good off the good table yeah. we want for Brian. And so if you have mental illness or loved ones with mental illness, please join that page. It's where we can connect and um, be with each other in that struggle. I can't remember if I put that page in the comment section. So all the stuff for uh, Jennifer is in the comment section. I believe I did. If I didn't, I'll go back in mm -hmm. and do that at the end of the show. But let's just watch this uh, quick video. This is something that Jennifer posted not too long ago. I think this happened maybe about three weeks ago. Um, so um, and it it just shows guys how much there is within this and how much God is moving and how much we just gotta love people through these kind of things. So let's just watch this. Good morning. I wanted to um, give you a little update so you could all see my fate and see that it's fine. Um, I know that my last post was difficult and a reason that I started this page was for um, an increased amount of transparency and connection to our family and to loving Brian and what that could look like. Hey Luke. And nice to see you guys this morning. And I just, um, you know, I wanted to just let you see, hi Chloe, that I am fine. You can see my beautiful face. And what I chose to do is spend some time self-caring, um, basking in God's love for me and taking care of my body um, after a scary assault. And so I just thought I'd get on here and speak to, um, you know, there are some of us that decide, and I decided as a person, to this was going to be my posture, and my sister has chosen the same, um, toward, with my brother and loving him towards his mental illness. And for some of you that um, I haven't posted his diagnosis, only because I was debating on... Um, if that was okay or not, um, and just that that's private details. And one of the things in his diagnosis is that it's chronic. Um, modern psychology, and we have also spent about 20 years um, with Brian um, in his mental illness, okay? And that has encompassed so much. Um, for three and a half years, Brian has been not... Um, uh, housed and not a drug addict. Hi, Tanya. Tanya. That's uh, our sweet cousin. And that's a miracle. Okay, so just um, Brian also is a person that sometimes um, people with mental illness, they are not violent. And Brian is a person that can be violent. Um, and sometimes that's intentional. 
and uh, sometimes it's not. Brian um, will probably not remember that he hit me, okay? I know it's hard to talk about, um, but I just wanted to talk about it. Hey, Jeanette. And why that is, and when Brian will be taken into the hospital against his will, he'll go on medication and he will start to come back to himself. And my sister and I both know what happens then is he can remember and then he'll start to cry and apologize. Um, so it is definitely not hard for me to recover from assault. You can see um, I'm fine. Um, I'm also not going to minimize that it was terrifying. Um, at the same time, when you love someone with mental illness, you ask God to fill in the gap of the miracle. And that's the same thing as loving a drug addict to, and to where you are basically asking for something you're not capable of doing. And the truth is, I would be there regardless of if things got out of control or not. What we can do in the good news is know that in our process here in Oregon for three and a half years, my sister and I have been filling in the gaps between connecting him to mental health care services in hopes to create the best case scenario that we can for him. And that that was gonna be extremely hard. Um, and Oregon, that's a flawed system. It's a flawed system everywhere. Um, Brian is not a person that people want to, that the systems want to take responsibility for, right? Aren't there certain people that the system's like, okay, these neurocognitive disorders, we can deal with those. They're not hard. And thank God for that. I have friends with children on the spectrum, um, friends with Down syndrome, um, help for addicts that want to get clean and they can't. Addiction is so hard. God, I love my addicts. And then people like Brian, who we consider that society sees him as the least and the worst, that, they, that many people would prefer that he died. So I know it's going to be hard to hear, but I went through a round of persecution after getting hit by a few people that said, serves you right right? That's hard to imagine, right? Um, and yet I also don't need pity, but we all need to be connected together. So where can we move forward from here? I wanted you all to see that I was fine. Look at you preciouses. I love you. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I follow that page with you and declare things all the time with you. And, and when I saw that, it, it hit me because guys, I spent 28 years as a cop and dealt with a lot of mental health Ill illnesses with people throughout mm -hmm. that, that career. And I'm telling you, yeah. it's, it's rough and it's rough on the family and it's rough on the individual that has it too, of the things that are happening. And mm -hmm. so I just, I thought that that was amazing what you said, and, and I think it's really going to help people. So, um, so where are you guys at now with that? I know that you and your sister are still doing things, but, um, and there's some hard stuff going on with like, Working with the government is just unbelievable. I mean, I can only imagine how hard that is. I mean, it, it's kind of like your hands are tied in, in some things. Sure. Things go very slow. And because Brian um, physically assaulted me, he goes to court. Yeah. And that's in November. And yeah. then 
and this happened in Washington if there was a charge and then they assess him and um, you can go to the mental illness side of court, which is he's very sick. There's never a time that you would ever see my brother and think, oh, I think he's fine. Yeah. Um, he's always, always not fine. However, he also can have incredibly good days that are hopeful. And so they can help um, try to force him on medications. Yeah. And for us to work with his him and the community and the state's best case scenario for where he lives yeah and it's a fight it's a fight it's not handed to us and unfortunately that's hard for a lot of people because um your loved one could end up on the street yeah and since he was already on the street we decided we would face that fear head on and become transparent in our community to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, no. And I, I had a really cool video that that you sent me with him playing, uh, the, the piano, but for some reason it wouldn't download into what I needed at the end. So Mm. I apologize for that. But, um, so guys, if you do have any kind of questions like that, I know Jennifer would love to maybe just kind of make contact with you and talk to you. Yes. Laws might be a little bit different within, you know, Wisconsin and Oregon. And I mean, I got listeners across the United States and up in Canada. So, but the other part is just how do you do this mentally and with your relationship with God and those kind of things and having a support. I mean, I think that's the most important thing is, is getting that support with people around you that can remember Matthew 18, 19, whatever two or more together, God says that he's in a mist, that Jesus is in the mist and whatever we declare will happen. Sometimes we don't see it right away, but we have to have faith that those things are going to happen. So Excellent. Hey, I just want to thank you for coming on the show Mm -hmm. and um, just let you know too, I'm going to end the show in just a little bit, but don't leave yet because you and I, I I can still talk to you for just a couple seconds once I get done with the show. Mm -hmm. Um, But so just kind of stand by for a little bit. Is there anything that you would like to tell the people that are watching right now? Like one last kind of thought. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what you went through, you can come back to. Yes. Yes, comeback creativity, right? I I, I, mm-hmm. I was going to put that as like my, you know, supernatural Thursday thing, but I, destiny, guys, the creativity that God has given you of what Jennifer's talking about is your destiny. It is the things that God is doing through you that are going to reach other people and further his kingdom. And I'm telling you, when you step in that destiny, the joy that you're going to get is off the charts and and you'll know it when you're in it. You'll know it when you're in it because that supernatural joy is just always going to be there. So I got to have you on again, definitely. Maybe maybe we'll do like with your sons too. We'll have like all three of you guys on at the same time. I think that would be a really cool show. So Absolutely, but pre-warned, they like to talk. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> well, look at where we're at already. I mean, we're at 620, so this is a little bit longer than normal. And I'm glad I didn't do the sponsorship video because that would have been another couple like – eight, nine minutes or something, but no. So, um, and if there are other prayer requests, guys, put those in the comment sections, make sure you share this. And um, Jennifer and I will, will go back and we'll look at those mm-hmm. on the ones we missed. But um, so, all right, Jennifer, just give me one second. Remember, don't leave, just just hang tight and um, excellent. Oof, guys, awesome, awesome show. I want to thank you guys for watching and I uh, got one quick uh, scripture and that's, uh, remember last week we talked about spiritual realm, right? We talked about um, Ephesians 6, 12, um, about 
really putting that whole armor on and looking at things in the supernatural. That's what I want you guys to do. We got an election coming up in five days, guys. I need you to pray and allow Holy Spirit to guide you. Look at things. Look at what they're, what they're standing for. Look at all that stuff. And what is God telling you to do? That's what the most important thing. Who is he telling you to vote for? Allow Holy Spirit to be in that process because I'm telling you, he wants to be. He totally wants to be. Guys, the other one is, um, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, this is the Passion Translation, by the way. This is John 12, I'm sorry, John 14, 12 through 14. Uh, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Mighty miracles, guys. <laughs> it's common. It's it, the, the revival's here. Even greater miracles than these because I go with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. And that is how the Son of God will show the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Guys, everything starts, everything starts with that intimate relationship with him. I'm telling you guys, it's the most important thing you can do is spend that quiet time with him. The most important thing. And then from that, he gives us the creativity things like Jennifer was talking about. He gives us those visions and plans that change the things that are happening in the atmospheres around us and the people that we're meeting. God has a lot to say. He has a lot to say. And Holy Spirit speaking, the question is, is are you listening and are you doing those things that he's telling you? It is really, really important, especially nowadays, guys. We're the ones that God is going to use to change the things that are happening in our cities we're the ones that God is going to change for the things that are happening at our work, that are happening at our schools, that are happening within our atmospheres. He's going to use us to change those things, guys. We're the vessel. But if you don't spend that quality time with him every day and just listening, you'll never know what he has to say. And I'm, I'm telling you, not only is he going to talk about your identity of how much he loves you, but he's going to give you those visions and plans to do those awesome, awesome things that he has for your life. Man, telling you guys, so, so important. Thank you for watching. And uh, man, remember, everything starts with that intimate relationship. Just take that time in the morning, get filled up with Holy Spirit, and every, wherever you go, you'll change atmospheres and people. Wherever you go, Holy Spirit's just going to ooze out of you. Remember, surrender all and be a blessing. Let your glory and honor fall on our face. Holy Father, rest in this. Please.